calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome back once more to Shadows at the Door, the podcast. My name is Mark Nixon, and in this podcast, David Alt and I bring you productions of various ghost stories, both old and new alike. And today, it's time for something new. Guest writer Christopher Long brings us a tale that, like most brilliant horror stories, takes the ordinary and transforms how we look at it forevermore. After the production, David and I discuss the themes and ideas of this story, and typically, get lost in related tangents. But now, on to the story, which Christopher Long has named Winter Wings. Listen out for the birds, and take heed of the warnings that Christopher writes. So, gather around the fire, pour yourself some tea, and we'll begin. Charlie. Gary, we all thought you'd be here by now. Sorry, Friday night. You know how it is. Traffic's a ruddy nightmare. I was calling to pick your brains, actually. In that case, pick away. Oh, it's, it's nothing, really. Just something that's bugging me whilst I'm stuck in this damn car. I was trying to remember the name of that board game you kept going on about the other month. The, the one that was hard to find. Uh, you mean Winter's Wings? Yeah, I think so. One of the lads at work was saying he might have found a copy. Ah, oh, he's a lucky man if he has. That game's beyond rare. I've seen people online trying to buy it for obscene amounts of money. And just how obscene are we talking about here? Ah, deeply obscene. Obscenely obscene. I guess it helps that only a few copies were ever made. Although, really, it's the rumours behind the game that keep people talking. Rumours? What my old man would have called top-rate tattle. Some nonsense about its creator going missing. You know he used to live near Paxton? Not really. 
Yeah, he was some local doctor or something. His place was just outside the village. OK, looks like we're moving again. Thanks, Charlie. Yeah, no problems, mate. Happy to help. Hey, Kira's been asking after you. Uh, has she? Oh, well, tell that delightful sister of yours that I'll be there as soon as I can. Sure thing. Everything all right out here? Uh, yeah, everything's fine, thanks. I just needed a quick smoke before we got down to the thoroughly unpleasant business of settling on a price. Right. Speaking of which, I think I'm just going to buy the one game after all. But I'm selling them as a set. I advertised them as a set. You knew that when you called me. And true, but I already own the rest. All of them apart from Winter's Wings. You said you'd never seen half of them before. In such a sorry state is what I meant. Your late wife clearly wasn't too worried about wear and tear. Helen, Helen loved those games. It took her years to find some of them. I'm sure it did. Now, how about we get to it, Mr Chandler? I'm sure Helen wouldn't want you standing out in the cold, haggling at your age. It was a pleasure doing business with you, Mr. Ch hmm. Nicely done, Jerry. You'll be living the high life once you've sold this little beauty. Right. An hour to Paxton. Quick hello to Charlie and the rest of the Kendalls, then it's a whole weekend of basking in the company of Kira. Not a bad way to celebrate finding my little pension fund. Hmm, what was that? Does not sound good. Oh, come on, girl. Please don't die on me out here. Just a little further. I'll find you a decent mechanic this time, I swear. No cut price jobs, no third hand parts. You have my word. Just perfect. Okay, Jerry, stay calm. You're just on your own in the middle of nowhere with a dead car, a few old trees and an empty road for company. It's fine. Absolutely fine. Phone. Where did I put my phone? Uh, oh, come on. Where is it? It's not there either. Shit! Oh, shit, it must have fallen out of my pocket back in that sodding farmhouse. Oh, I'm never seeing that again, am I? Uh, wait, hang on. Is that a light? It's a light. It's not close, but it's worth a try. Don't you worry, my precious little nest egg. You're coming with me. Tell me you're open. You're fine, we're still open. Oh, thank the Lord. <laughs> Hello, nice dog. Leave the exhausted man alone. Is everything all right? You look like you're a bad knight, if you don't mind me saying. You could say it's a bad night. My car broke down, I had to walk across a field in a storm to get here, and I'm pretty sure I'd lost my phone. Oh, that sounds rough. I'm trying to get to Paxton if I can. 
Paxton? Oh, that's miles from here. Is it? Sorry. Oh. Sorry. Could I borrow your phone? Oh, sure. Thanks. And, um, can I get a pint or something as well? <laughs> sure. What do you fancy? I don't care. Too tired. Surprise me. Fair enough. One pint of ferryman's wager for the man in the mucky designer shoes. Okay, I can remember this. Come on, Charlie, pick up. Please pick up. Hello, you've reached Charlie. Great. I can't come to the phone right now, but please leave me a message and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Hi, Charlie, it's Jerry. My car broke down and my phone's gone AWOL. I'm stranded in a little pub called uh, The Crow Pie. Please give me a call as soon as you can. We need to figure out how I can get to you. Apparently I'm miles away. Uh, cheers. Fancy another? Oh, no thanks. I think three's my limit. Uh, oh god, look at the time. It's going on for one. Is it really? It doesn't feel that late to me. Oh, I guess that means you need to stay by the phone tonight. If that's okay. I can't see why not, but I'm off to bed in a minute and you won't be touching any of these taps once I'm upstairs, okay? This isn't your personal minibar for the night. Not a problem. Right then, I better start locking up. Thanks for nothing, Charlie. Oh, thanks for all of this. Ah, it's nothing. We couldn't leave you stranded on a night like this. You okay if Bruno stays down here with you? Bruno? Nah. Once that animal gets comfortable, there's no moving him. Oh, the dog. Um, yeah, no, it's fine. He's fine. As long as he doesn't mind a snorer. Great. Here you go. Got you a spare duvet and a pillow. You're best sleeping over there. It stays pretty warm by the radiator and you'll get no noise from the road. You'll be out before you know it. Sorry I couldn't leave the fire on. Don't seem safe, to be honest. No, don't worry about it. Uh, and really, thanks again. Don't mention it. Do unto others and all that. I'll see you both in the morning, then. Night. You're not a snitch, are you, Bruno? Besides, he only said to stay away from the taps. He never mentioned the bottles. Uh, yep. Let's try that. Uh, ooh, that's not half bad to say we're in the arse end of nowhere. This is not how I picture tonight going, Bruno. I'm meant to be in a posh hotel spending a weekend with Kira Kendall. She'd make such a fuss of you. Probably whilst we played a few of these old games. You know, he's got some real classics here. You'd be amazed what the right kind of people would pay for them. Ah, maybe tonight wasn't such a total waste of time after all. That's a point. If we're talking old games, then have I got something to show you? Ta-da! I know, I know, it doesn't look like much, but it's worth a fortune and it was practically free. Thanks to a little creative haggling by yours truly. Let's see. Uh, ooh, for one or more players. What'd you say, Bruno? Fancy a quick game before bed? Look at that. That's oh, barely used. Hmm. Piece 
pieces are nicely made, simple but effective. Little wooden running people, or are they stone? I suppose he goes at the start there. Now, what are these meant to be? Crows or ravens? Something big and bird-shaped, that's for sure. And they go here behind my piece. Right, so I need to get my chap safely through the woods before the birds catch me. Every turn I have to roll the dice, move, and then draw a card. Hmm, sounds simple enough. And now for the drawing of the inaugural card. Sorry, not sure if all the chairs on the tables weren't a big enough clue for you, but we're closed. I'm sorry, lad. You get lost on a night like this and you head for the first light you can see. I was just lucky the door was unlocked. Hmm. Did your car break down as well? Uh, something like that. I was waiting for a lift to Paxton that never appeared. Oh, I'm trying to get to Paxton. Hopefully they're picking me up in the morning if they ever call me back. <laughs> I don't suppose there's any chance of a lost old soul filling an empty seat on that lift, is there? I suppose so. If they made a contribution to the petrol money, of course. You're a lifesaver. If the bar was open, I'd buy you a pint. Oh, my aching legs. Oh, are you playing a game? I love a good game. I could have sworn he locked that door. Uh, who's that? The landlord. Well, no offence to him, but I'm damn glad he didn't. Oh, these are nice. Careful with those. I'm being careful, I'm being careful. There, see? Safe and sound and back where it started. Sorry, it's just... I only bought this today. It's rather precious to me. For sentimental value, of course. I see. So you've been looking for this game for a while, have you? Something like that. How'd you play it, then? Yeah. Right, so... You place it at the beginning, yes, and... There's a... Oh, nice. Move, pick up a card. Oh, well, that seems simple enough. Oh, sounds like a fun way to pass the time. I don't know. Oh, don't be like that. It's better than us sitting here making small talk all night, and it'll be more fun than playing on your own. Besides, it'll help us pass the time until your friend calls. I'll tell you what, I'll play as the birds. How does that sound? Fine, I suppose. Just be careful with the pieces. I'll treat them like they're my firstborn. Okay, then, where did I get to? Oh, yes, I was going to draw my first card. Uh, please, allow me. Thank you. Uh, storm worsens. Roll totals halved for two turns. Storm worsens indeed. Now it's my go, isn't it? There. Hot on your tail already. Don't be so sure. I'm normally pretty good at games. We'll see. Uh-uh-uh. Rolls halved, remember? Right, yes. Well remembered. I'd completely forgotten about that. I can see I'm going to have to watch you like a hawk. The way is closed. Find a new path. <laughs> a new path? There's only one on the board. No, there's another path there, see? Oh, I didn't spot that before. <laughs> Dangers of drinking on an empty stomach, I guess. My go. Now you've had your second go, that means I can move two birds. That doesn't seem fair. It's in the rules. So, why did you say you were heading to Paxton again? I didn't. I live near there. I have done for years, although I've not been home in a long time. I moved there a long time ago, looking for something. And come on, it's your go. Did you find what you were looking for in the end? Not exactly. 
What have we got this time? The wind shifts. They have your scent. Run before night falls. <laughs> that doesn't sound good for my little chap. According to the rules, I can move all of mine once, or one of them right next to you after that card. Oh, decisions, decisions. All right, get it over with. just closer than I expected. Maybe this game's too much for you. <laughs> too much for me. I mean, what... oh, great. Look at that. A blank card. A blank black card. Must be a misprint. That <laughs> crafty old git sold me a bit... The lights. I can't even see my hand in front of my face. Do you know where the switch is? Hang on, I'll check. Well, we know it's not there. Oh, mind how you go. Shush, Bruno. No, it has to be the fuses. Not that I have any idea where the fuses are. Having the same problem up there. Hello? Are the fuses with you? They must be asleep. No oh, balls. I think I saw some matches behind the bar. That'll have to. Oh, God, it gets dark out here in the sticks. What was that? Oh, what was what? Bruno, is that you? It's probably just the wind. That doesn't sound like the wind to me. Can't you hear that? It sounds like they're inside with us. Ugh, I need light. Oh, matches, matches, where are the matches? It's just the dark getting to you, lad. Take a breath. I am not afraid of the dark. There's something in here with us. Just the wind. I was so sure there was something in here with... Oh, bloody match. Oh. What's up with you now? There was something... There, there was something looking me right in the eye. Don't be daft. It was probably just a trick of the light. It was not a trick of the light. I saw... Oh, damn these cheap sodding matches. That a card down there. They have found you. Hide. Jesus Christ, where did that come from? And where's it gone? Will you calm down? You're liable to set this whole place on fire. Go and sit down while I find us a candle. Now give me those matches. Telling you there's something in here with us. Check the door. All right, all right, I'll check the door. You just take your turn. What about your turn? I took that while you were messing about with these bloody matches. Go on, roll the dice. There, the door is fine. It's just you, me, and the dog. And I even found a candle. There. Now we can see what we're doing. Now. What did you roll? It's it's hard to be sure. I, I'm finding it hard to concentrate. I, I I definitely feel like there's something in here. Why Don't are we even get distracted? What's your card say? I'm not so sure we should just be sitting here and playing a game. I told you we're all on our own. 
Now come on, move your piece and draw a card. The woods grow deep and dark. You may only move two per turn. Your hunters may move four. Oh ho, things are looking up for my team. Not long now. It must be the light. All the floor in here looks wrong. The floor is fine. Draw a card. Another? Isn't it your go? Just do it. The voices on the wind will not help your progress. What's that supposed to mean? There. Can't you hear that? Oh, don't start that again. Maybe this game is getting to me. There's no point running. Oh. Are you telling me you can't hear that? There is no true death here. Oh. We're getting near the end now. You can't keep running for long. What was that? Oh, yes. Not long now. Brace yourself, Mr. Wallace. I'm sorry. They're rarely gentle with their prey. What sort of a game is this? My game, Mr. Wallace. You've been playing my game since the moment you opened the box. Finish the game. There are roots down here. There are tree roots all over the floor. And trees over our heads and a moon hung behind the clouds. It's a fine night for a hunt. What? What is this? I carved it for them myself. I bound them in the pieces. I made the dice from their bones so they could live on. You best get moving, Jerry. You've woken them up. They won't rest until they fed. Bruno! I suppose if you wanted to run, now is the time. <laughs> Not that it'll help. <laughs> oh God, they're faster than you. God, you can't turn back. This can't be happening. Finish the game. Leave me alone. Oh, God. He's coming. My children don't build their nests in trees. They weave them into the bodies of their prey and pick the bones clean. I was their first meal here. A sacrifice to anchor them here, to keep them safe. Soon enough, they will be your keepers, too. Their winter keeps us warm. Their winter keeps us warm. Their winter keeps us warm. Those voices, they're coming from the trees. From all the trees. See how my children thrive. I, I can't die like this. I'm supposed to be with Kira. I was going to be rich. Their winter keeps us warm. Their winter keeps us warm. Their winter keeps us warm. Wanted to make us a little money. Morning, sunshine. There's coffee upstairs. You're more than welcome to... Oh. 
Oh, he's gone, love. Must have slipped out before we got up. <laughs> Looks like he got one of the games down to pass the time, though. Winter's Wings. Huh. Don't remember that one. Ah, there we go, back where it belongs. Is that daft animal up with you? Can't see him down here anywhere. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. And that was Winter Wings by Christopher Long. I'm joined by the entire cast once again, David Alt. Thank you very much, Mark. Hello. Hello. How are we doing, David? Uh, all the better for not having to run through a forest uh, being chased by crows. Or having to edit it. Or having to edit it, indeed. Uh, so um, in these discussions, we, we often talk about the themes uh, and, and whatnot behind the stories that we do. But we thought that we'd uh, do something a little bit different this time. And uh, you might have noticed that that episode, that story, was very sound effects heavy. And uh, I, I suppose I'm the lucky one in, in this whole thing where I, all I need to do is just I, I read through the script and I send it off to you, Mark. And, and suddenly out of out of the, the, the dregs that I give you, you, you create this wonderful audio experience. What goes into that whole process? Hate, resentment. I've completely fallen mm -hmm. out with Christopher Long. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, well, um, I am a complete. I think we've discussed before. I'm, I'm completely self-taught on this, but I'm just some guy just kind of who's just been stumbling in the dark with a dopey audition and uh, and trying to get it to work. A lot of it's actually very intuitive. Certainly, with this one, we we did have a lot of fun because. Chris, when he wrote the script, and this is actually, this might surprise a lot of people, but I, this is one of Chris's very first uh, audio drama scripts. I believe he did do one for the Wicked Library in the past. In, in doing so, you can very much tell he wasn't the person who, who then had to edit it and add all the sound effects. <laughs> as you said, uh, Chris, I'm so sorry if you're listening, but I hate you. <laughs> I don't really. It's lovely. Well, I'll tell you one thing I, w I was tickled by is the Signalman, which we, which is one of our previous episodes, of course. I just mm. had the character of the narrator uh, stumbling down a hill as he worked his way from the top of the bridge to the bottom of the railway tracks. And I just wrote in the script, the gentleman fumbles as he goes down the hill. And I was editing it and Dave was like, oh, oh yes, yes, oh yes, a bit of a tweak there, yes, yeah, oh. And then at one point, he goes, oh, there's some dog shit, yes. And then I'm like, <laughs> I'm really glad that I spotted that. <laughs> <because> <laughs> I 
and guys, I don't know if this is a compliment from David that he's confident in my editing abilities to to spot these little things and to take them out, or whether he's just a bastard. I need to. <laughs> well, it's like programmers like to like to leave Easter eggs everywhere for for people to discover. Uh, speaking of Easter eggs, uh, there was some more DIY sound effects going on in this episode. Of course, Winter Wings is about the, the board game Winter's Wings. I didn't particularly want to pay to license a lot of sound effects of board games when I had a, a box of Monopoly sitting in the next room. So um, <laughs> I built a little pillow fort, as David suggested, because I don't have a recording mm-hmm. booth, which I, I think perhaps you can tell when you, you listen to David and I together. <laughs> And yeah, and I just I just started playing around with the, the board game. So if you would like a little bit of an Easter egg, that is a Rick and Morty Monopoly board game. <laughs> you can hear it in the particular way it bounces. Yeah, exactly. It, it's one of those um, wonderful things, actually, the, the creating of Foley. When I was on tour with the No Sleep podcast uh, back in February, uh, February, March 2018, when we got to Chicago, we had... We had a group open for us uh, that made all their own sound effects live on stage Whoa. whilst they, they had other characters doing performing uh, the audio drama. And so you saw at one side of the stage someone with a whole load of various different things from, uh, from a drum filled with pebbles to, to signify falling rocks to uh, a pair of shoes that she would slap on various surfaces uh, for, for oh, whichever... Oh, a, a, a coconut for um, a horse, like in Monty Python. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, there were no horses. Oh. But there was, the, there was the crunching of bones, which she, she got with celery. Oh. And so she, she was she was there m- munching on celery and just sort of going har, 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 breaking these bits and it, and it sounded so good. Oh my god, I could have saved a fortune on these sound effects. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, the 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 sound of uh, a head being splashed open was uh, a watermelon. Yes, um, just went chunk with a watermelon, uh, and there were all of these different ways of doing things. And and uh, people say that if you want to create the sound of rain on audio drama or indeed on films, you record the sound of frying bacon. Ah, delicious rain, and that's how you create rain. There's all of these little little tricks for for creating foley, but I know um, one of the producers on on the No Sleep podcast, Phil Mikalski, makes a whole load of sound effects, and he's I think he basically has a microphone on him at all times because he will just hear something interesting and just whip out the microphone. Wow, I wish I could do that, but as David can see on the webcam right now, the microphone I have is it's it's not compensating or anything, but it's absolutely huge. <laughs> and if I were to walk around with this in my pocket, you know, it's like, is that a microphone in your pocket? Or... <laughs> you know, David, you reminded me of that classic episode of The Simpsons when they're filming a movie in their town, and the and the kids come across them painting cows uh, with black spots. He goes, "What are you doing?" Because uh, cows don't look like cows on film, so we got to paint horses. <laughs> yeah. And then, well, that that's that's just reminded me of um, when I was doing when I was doing my masters at Jodrell Bank. They came to record Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Ooh. and it was just this one film. This this one tiny scene. It, it, in fact, it was just a shot, really. Oh, is this the Martin Freeman? Uh, yes, yes. Okay. So this was recorded back in oh three oh four, somewhere around there. But they they came along in. They decided that the control room at Jodrell Bank was not the right shade of grey. So they oh. repainted the entire control room a particular shade of grey that was, I think it was just a couple of shades lighter than the than it was before. Wow. And then once they finished recording that shot, they then repainted it back to what it was before. <laughs> what? I mean, yeah. that is needless yeah, they... waste yes. of money. I mean... But Jodrell Bank hell. Control Room got a new coat of paint. Christ, if they're prepared to do that, I mean... I mean, I'm not implying anything, but I'm just going to pick Martin Freeman seeing as he's the star of the film. But, like, you read about these things, like, oh, Martin Freeman wanted a bowl of Skittles, but he wanted all of the red ones taken out, you know, and then that's someone's mm. job to do that. And I'm like, painting a room grey and then painting it back again. 
If you were there, do you not think like, no, I like the new grey, keep it. I'll have a free lick of paint. I think they needed to return it to its original state or as close to its original state as possible. Right. For contractual reasons. Uh, that's just But the, the, the brown M&M the M story that you're, you're referring to there with the red skittles taking out, oh. that's usually a test that um, bands and groups and so forth will put in their rider we want a bowl of Skittles or a bowl of M&Ms, but remove the brown ones just to see if the people at the theatres the, and, and the concert halls, etc., will actually read the rider or if they'll just sort of glance over it and say, yeah, that's the standard one. Let's just give them the usual things. Wow. So, David, in certain corners of the internet, you're a bit of a celebrity. Have you ever <laughs> had an unreasonable rider? That sounds bad. Yeah. No, I've, I mean, you're married. I won't say that. <laughs> <but you know. laughs> I, I, I'm not famous enough to be uh, sort of asking for things on riders, unfortunately. Give it time. Give it time. Give it time, yes. You're, you're going to be touring the US. You're going to be in the middle of Nevada in like this dive bar in the middle of the desert. And you're like, yes, I want twinings every day. Tea. <laughs> Where's my old grey? Where is it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I wanted from that time period when Stephen Fry did the adverts. It tasted better than when he did those. So yes, bring it in, bring it in. <laughs> so anyway, we're, we're uh, a little bit off topic from, from the editing process. Um, I'm still thinking about the bacon for rain. What if you want the sound of bacon like going down the side of the building? Do you just chuck the, the fat out the window? <laughs> Do you then get the sound effect of someone going, <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm just getting so many ideas. Um, <laughs> yeah, never tell a writer something they don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there's many things I don't know, but that's fine. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, of of the sound effects, of course, for this one, I was just saying to David before we started recording that this story will really benefit, because uh, David hasn't actually heard the finished article yet. I, I am subscribed. <laughs> you are good. <laughs> well, and don't forget to leave a review, David. Actually, okay. can you leave a review? Yes, I, can. I can, because I'm not registered as the, uh, as the podcast owner. Oh, but I, 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 I won't scandal. do something as, as underhanded as that. Yes, yes. Although if there were to be a scandal, that would come out. That would it would, be... yeah. Oh, God, that sounds sinister. <laughs> <laughs> and not not only the murders, not only the apocalypse, but he rated and reviewed his own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly the court of public opinion goes, no! <laughs> I tell you what, though, I would love that kind of scandal because, like, uh, at, at the time of recording, the world hasn't ended yet. And I, I check the app, like, the Guardian app on my phone. I'm like, I'm just going to see if society's collapsed today. No, no, but it's, it's nearly there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> getting there, getting there. Maybe I'll just yes. leave a three star review just to make it, you know. Oh, oh, yeah. Host, you know, like, yeah, uh, voice acting's great. Um, other guy's a bit too northern. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, you know. I, I, I mean, I, my. My accent is not very typical of Durham. Um, sometimes I get asked where I'm from, and I'm like, I'm from here. Mm. But I go around thinking that I, I'm not, and because of this, I go around thinking that I'm not very northern. But then I hear myself recording, I'm like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's northern. <laughs> uh, a Canadian friend once said I sounded like Christopher Eccleston. I was like, what? Oh, wrong side of the country. <laughs> wrong side completely, but then perhaps it's just being next to David. <laughs> Moving swiftly on. Yes. So yes, this this not that I'm telling you all to listen to this episode twice. Listen to this episode twice. <laughs> but of course, the crows in the board game they uh, they foreshadow it, and there are certain moments in the beginning you can hear a crow, and you might just think it's just the normal atmosphere of being outside at night. But if, of course, if you've heard the story once, you know that the crows are actually foreshadowing of what is to come. In fact, when I sent some of the early edits to uh the writer christopher long uh, just to see what he thought of them he said he was getting chills knowing that the crow was there because he knows what's to come ah, uh, mm -hmm. yes david i've just remembered a random sound effect bit of trivia go on then um, the evil dead movie the original one mm -hmm. it was done on a shoestring budget famously b movie and at one point somebody stabbed someone in the ankle i believe with a pencil or something mm -hmm. like that something like that yes. and i and i remember seeing footage of sam raimi the director with an apple and just stabbing it with a pencil <laughs> again and again <laughs> what a gloriously b-rate film 
Uh, it, yeah, it's a good film. I'm also implying that there were the A-list of podcasts, which of course... Of yeah. course we are, uh, of course. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Creme de la creme. <laughs> what, what, what? And obviously this isn't the only ghost story to use or a horror story to use. Animals in, in it, animals are often used as portents of the future uh, mm. throughout um, mystery, thriller, horror, the, the, the entire genre of fiction. And Crow's obviously quite a quite a doom-laden bird to choose. You you wouldn't choose a, a sparrow or a starling to to be the, the 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 bringer of bad news. That'd be lovely though. Imagine if a red-breasted robin mm. were to tell you of your doom. I'd be like, oh thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Christmas too. Oh thanks Robin. <laughs> You're quite right though, of course, very famously Edgar Allan Poe. Mm. Um the raven. In fact, did you know, Charles Dickens had a pet raven yes. that could talk. And Edgar Allan Poe once visited Charles Dickens, met the raven, and then wrote the raven. Ah. I did and not know that it was went... Charles Dickens' raven that was the the inspiration. Yes, I learned this when I went to the Charles Dickens Museum. So it did come with a Charles Dickens bias behind it. Of course. <laughs> as far as biases go, there's, there's worse. Mm. Um vices that you can have but yes animals uh, they do feature uh, a lot in ghost stories as you say uh sheridan lafanu uh wrote green tea um don't know if you've ever read this one david it's about a gentleman who drinks what is effectively uh, for the sake of summarizing is effectively haunted tea and mm. for the rest of the story he's haunted by a monkey ah. that only he can see ah. and of course you've got the the black dog that's used as as a grim the black shuck yes Yes, uh, and in fact, near me, uh, in this part of North Yorkshire, there is uh, a bridge called Kilgram Bridge. Oh. Uh, which uh, is a... It's, it's one of those stories which is fairly perennial um, and is probably seen all over the world, where you have some villagers needing to cross, um, cross a river, the bridge keeps on getting washed away, so they, the devil comes along and says, well, I will build you a bridge that won't wash away, but I need the soul of the first living thing to cross it. And that soul will be mine. So he builds the bridge. Uh, sorry, the villagers agree. He builds the bridge. And then they set to arguing as to who will be the first person to cross the bridge mm. and thus be become the devil's... Um, payment, if you like. And because no one can decide, no one wants to be taken away to hell, uh, a shepherd wades through the water, goes to the other side, then calls his dog over the bridge, and the dog becomes the soul that is used in payment mm. to uh, to the devil. And this dog was called... I was thinking a guinea pig. But well, yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, you could probably get away with saying it's a fly if you can manage to get the fly to walk across. But but yeah, so mm. this dog is called Grim, uh, and this this supposedly is where the idea of the Grim, the devil's dog, comes from. And so the, the bridge is called Kill Grim Bridge, so became Kilgram Kilgram Bridge. Ah, oh, poor Grim. It's that thing where you can watch people dying in a horror film, but not the dog. Yes. Uh, yeah, you don't... What an odd name for a dog, though. Come here, Grim. All right, boy. Well, it's Grim up north. Oh. <laughs> uh... Yes, it is. Yeah. So so dogs, just one of many animals that are used in, in this genre of fiction. And, David, you have created a nice segue for a quick plug. Yeah. The... <laughs> 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 the Shadows at the Door anthology features uh, 13 ghost stories set local to each writer and Chris Holt, who's a terrific writer. Well, he lives in uh, Norwich and he wrote the story of the Black Shook, saying that it came from there. And then in my research, everywhere claims to be the home mm -hmm. of Black Shook. Mm -hmm. But there is an absolute, it's probably one of the shortest ones of the book, but the Black Shook story in Shadows at the Door is absolutely phenomenal. And uh, it required extremely little input from me as editor because it's such a good book. <laughs> Buy now at shadowsofthedoor.com. <laughs> when you said a quick plug, I thought you said a quick pug, and I thought that was, that's that's quite a good dog joke. 
Oh my god! <laughs> I could have said a quick pun. <laughs> Oh. Uh, and so, yeah, coming back to to Winter Wings, then uh, the idea of games as well in the genre, uh, and having either people playing games or uh, people being a part of games, you can go right the way back to the Seven Seals, uh, the Seventh mm. Seal, very famous old film, and I can't remember who's in it at the moment, but it, there's it's it's a, a seminal classic in, in the genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, which features someone playing chess with the devil to try and avoid mm-hmm. being taken away. Uh, or Sorry, not with the devil, with death, um, uh, which was then parodied in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. <laughs> I can tell you that was William Sadler who played the who played death. In the <laughs> um, a philistine of movie trivia. <laughs> so chess is, is a game that gets played, obviously, with uh, the... Our listeners will have noticed the the parallels between uh, Winter's Wings and a certain other board game that has haunted pieces, etc., um, which was made into Who's a, gonna say it first, a couple of films. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to touch Jumanji. it. Jumanji. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? I have not seen the second one, but it seems to be an absolute... like. Nothing. It, I think it just has the same name. Right. That's like a haunted computer game. I think. Even, yeah. Right. Okay. In that one. Yeah. Yeah. With Dwayne the Rock Johnson mm. uh, and um, and Karen Gillan. Karen Gillan. Yeah. Yes. She's doing well. Yeah. I'm actually. You know. Now that you mention it, I'm not even that familiar with many more examples of 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 haunted games. Well, uh, season twelve, episode one of the No Sleep podcast has five stories all about haunted games and horrific things that we do to either play them or to avoid them. As a quick plug there. David's not going to guilt me here, guys, because he knows I've been far too busy editing this podcast to listen to other podcasts for a while. I have so much catching up to do once this thing is... Not this thing, once this lovely project is is, uh, is, is concluded mm-hmm. for season one. But it has to be said, though, Mark, that uh, to come completely fresh to editing... And produce what you have produced is is phenomenal. And anyone who has done any no. audio editing will will be right behind me when I say you've done a fantastic job. I actually can't look him in the eyes right now. But thank you very much. That's very kind. Thank you. Because it's not easy. It, it's it is no. not at all easy. And um, I've I've done it before for various projects, and it's one of those things that I would really rather never have to do ever again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually tried to get David to. I was like, Dave, can you help me out? Can you can you edit our discussions? Because we don't have to talk about some bullshit on these discussions. So can you edit out every single time we talk about Doctor Who? And he was like, Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else I can but do? David, yeah, I'll, I'll write you some outro. Yeah, I, yeah. I, Record the yeah, I'll do that. David does a lot. He he helps in a lot of ways. And then of course, you know, he'll he'll slave over the microphone, sending me something, and then I'll go, right, David, this was great. Absolutely fantastic. But I need twelve dozen re-records. Um and I need you to remember every voice that you did for every character as well, because I'm not gonna tell you. You do it. <laughs> but I, I would say the editing side it comes from it comes from passion uh, you know i really love this genre of storytelling of i love ghost stories i love radio drama i you know we're both creating the things that we want to listen to mm-hmm, absolutely and yeah. at the time of recording we've already started to get some feedback from episode one of of this podcast and, and people have been overwhelmingly nice and including some corners of facebook where i know people can be very harsh. (laughs) (laughs) And people are either choosing, if they don't enjoy it, they're either choosing to not tell me, or it's just been really nice so far, and it's been really validating that people are enjoying what we're putting out. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's why I've started referring to this as season one. Ah. (laughs) Because the idea of people actually being part of the games comes then not only into foreshadowing, but also into predestination, whether mm. people have their, um, their their fate mapped out and they are literally just going through the motions to then reach the point of apotheosis, or whether we mm. have the choice be strategic about how we go through life. And if you have a game like Snakes and Ladders, then you're not going to have as much choice 
than if we're playing a game like chess. You know, I would absolutely love to make a dramatic version of a haunted snake. Oh, oh but life is but a game of snakes and ladders. <laughs> One ascends up the steps only to encounter the serpent <laughs> of deception. <laughs> That is a fridge magnet waiting to happen. <laughs> You're right, though, about predestination, because I wonder at one point, I mean, particularly even when editing this, when does Jerry seal his fate? And I'll be, perhaps we should turn to Twitter mm. and, and ask Chris, but does, does he seal his fate when he gets the game? Is it the fact that he gets the game through ill-gotten means? Is mm. it when he starts playing it? Because the crows start following him as soon as he's got the game. Mm. And... You know, could could he have won the game? Because obviously the game manipulates him into into losing mm -hmm. it. So it's a good question. In, in fact, speaking of Jerry, um, I actually made Chris edit the story a few times before we started shooting it. Shooting it? God, who do I think I am? Before we started recording it. I've watched too many behind-the-scenes things on <laughs> DVDs. Because I did not like Jerry. Mm. He's a... Prick. Yeah, he is. He's, yeah. he's one of those characters where you're quite happy that he's not gonna he's not gonna survive. Yeah, and, and then I said, Chris, you know, I people aren't gonna like him. And he said, You're not meant to like him. I was like, Oh mm. I can hate him. That's fine. Yep. <laughs> and then David, even in your performance, I mean like I, I refer to it when David is recording a character and he's not putting on a voice or accent, I refer to it as the classic alt. <laughs> Which is the aftershave range that we will release when, when we get it big. It'll smell of tea and I don't know what else it would smell of. But anyway, um, bergamot because it smells nice. Um, but anyway, even with David doing that, the classic old performance for Jerry, you still sound like a smug bastard when you're recording it. Yep. <laughs> Believe it or not, I can do Smug Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> well, and of course, and you're such a nice guy, but yes, it's, 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 it is quite entertaining hearing that in your performance because it's it's so unlike you, and yet it's your voice, which is, you know, I guess that's acting. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> is it? <laughs> it it's like that uh, extra sketch where Ian McKellen goes, how do I pretend? I'm not going to try and do the voice. How do I How do I play a wizard? I'm not actually a wizard, so it's Ian, 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 wizard, you shall not pass! It's Ian, Ian, Ian. Yes, and and Patrick Stewart does a similar one. Uh, of, uh, did you see that? Acting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, national treasures. Yep. Uh, yeah. We should get them on the show. I'm pretty sure Patrick Stewart would, would just do it for a few free Jaffa cakes or something. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's partial to T. Earl Grey hot as well. Actually, he's not. He, um, when he started, obviously, his fame took off when he started doing Star Trek. One of his anecdotes is that people always send him Earl Grey tea, <laughs> you know, as a present. Yeah. And he says he actually doesn't like yeah. it. And then even if he did like it a little bit, he's, he's really sick of it. Yes. Oh, well, that's... But a... then this is why you, you don't send presents to people without permission mm. or anything too weird. I'm happy to get presents. I don't mind them. I like presents. Have you got a PO box for your Instagram account? Have you, David? No, I don't. No, no. Oh well. Care of Shadows at the Door Publishing. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of acting, sometimes when the scripts are being written for David, I'll, I'll, as we discussed in episode one, Troughton. Although again, that is classic old. Um, there is uh, there was a direction for David to try and emulate uh, Richard Dawkins somewhat, and he does get his tones. You know quite well. For this one, Christopher Long uh, referred to Mr. Fletcher, the, the the villain of the PC. Uh, we we gave you the direction of Sir Derek Jacoby, didn't we? Mm. And yes. Although you're not emulating, you're not doing an impression as such. It's just it's just inspiration to kind of capture that in your performance. And I definitely think that comes through. I don't know, David, if you've listened to much of the modern Big Finish, but Derek Jacoby does the War Master on Big Finish, and I have not heard that yet. I certainly want to. Yeah, it's 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 very good. Sometimes when Big Finish embellish on a character, there's a lot of mystery behind them. I do think it ruins it. Like they've they've produced a lot of River Song material, and I love River Song, but part of her appeal is the mm. mystery. Yes, it's like when Marvel started telling us Wolverine's origins, we didn't want to know too much of it. That was part of the appeal. Mm -hmm. Nonetheless, their War Master series, at least season series one, is, is very good. As an actor, though, uh, it. It often helps. Uh, there's there's a, a, a balance between the writing 
uh, and and the acting as to how much you put into the writing of uh, the character must show this emotion now or mm. uh, whatnot. Because I've I've had scripts where it's angry. What do you mean? There's no tea, uh, and and then you know, it, it gives you the emotion of the line mm-hmm. uh, rather than letting the writing speak for itself. And the, it, people are in in both camps about things like that but when it comes to the the acting side of where do you get a character from if you write if you tell me okay jerry smug bastard then okay yeah smug bastard that's brilliant i can play with that mm-hmm. or uh, mr fletcher sir derek jacoby yep cool i can i can sort of pull out stock old man kind of thing and and give it a, a touch of the mm-hmm. a touch of the the, the posh etc uh, but it it's hints that then go to inform a character, uh, I think, to me, work better than if you workshop an entire character, know what they had for breakfast that morning, etc. <laughs> You're not method then, David. Uh, I, I'm not that method. No. <laughs> <laughs> and and at, at drama school, you do, you do get given ideas on how to create character. And sometimes it is just... You pick up on cues for the character, uh, and you you use or lose bits of yourself to then create that character. Or there's the school of thought which says yes, you look for every single cue within a script. You look at at who they are, uh, how they're described. You f- you get as much backstory and as much history as possible mm. you then take all of that in you become that character you know uh, what you've had br- for breakfast you you hot seat you answer questions and then you walk on stage and you are that character mm-hmm. and obviously for some people becoming a different character could be quite um destructive in a way because some characters are horrible people mm. Uh, and and very corrosive uh, frames of mind. So you've got to have some sort of protection against becoming, uh, let's say, the Joker in Batman, because you wouldn't want to to become that crazy and then something happens. I'm not an actor. I haven't been to acting school. I'm a self-taught everything, including writer. Mm. But it's this is going to sound really... I'm going to mention the film Collateral, which is a believing okay. 2004 action thriller directed by Michael Mann. Now, when I first saw the trailer for it, I wasn't interested. It's about a taxi driver who and a hitman comes into the taxi and he hires the taxi driver to take him to all of his destinations. He's got to kill, like, I think it's seven people in one night. And the taxi mm. driver becomes aware of this after a while and then he starts to fight the taxi driver. Uh, he starts to fight the assassin. The assassin is played by Tom Cruise and the text driver is played by uh, Jeremy Fox. And again, you see the trailer and you're like, okay, interesting premise, but it looks quite, dare I say, a bit run-of-the-mill. Mm. It's one of my favourite films of all time, and I'm not even a massive mm. action film fan. Mm-hmm. It is by far Tom Cruise's best film. And there are many reasons why this film is so brilliant, the soundtrack, the cinematography, uh, but the the amount of effort that went into creating these two characters. So the the director, and I think he wrote the screenplay as well, but he wrote biographies for both Max, the taxi driver, and Vincent, the hitman, and he gave them to Mm. Jamie Foxx and Tom Cruise, respectively. And only they knew what the entire history of of these characters. Now, throughout the film, information is peppered about both of them, but particularly Max. Mm. But Tom Cruise's character is absolutely fascinating because he has some very strong ideas and opinions about things, and the way it's delivered by the screenplay and by Cruz's performance, you're absolutely fascinated. And I was desperate to find out this biography of these characters. And it's good that I never found mm. them and, I, and they're not available. It's just great. And then Jamie Foxx went on, he, he, he became a taxi driver for a, a week, I think. Tom Cruise went on a really intensive, like, gun shooting. Like, he, he, he learned how to effectively be, like, a, a, an assassin on screen. But I think one of those schools of thoughts that you describe in that film definitely follows that. And and for that reason, I'm going to Ooh. heavily endorse, for some reason, I never found myself saying, watch Collateral, the action thriller <laughs> from 2004. <laughs> but it definitely, I'm definitely hearing that and what you're describing. And in mm. some cases, mm. it can go very well. But then I also, Daniel Day-Lewis, when he filmed My Left Foot, refused to get out of his wheelchair. And then I think damaged his spine or something like that. 
Oh, right. Yes. Because because I suppose it's it's a matter of what you're using the characters for. If you are having an intense two hour film with mainly two characters in a very claustrophobic space, mm-hmm. uh, is what it sounds like to me, mm. then you need the characterization there and the history. And a lot of that comes from the writing, but also from the actors themselves as, as they interpret the history and the writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, having done improvisation, you know that you need to be able to uh, come into a scene, be someone for maybe 10 seconds, maybe 30 seconds, and then change completely mm-hmm. and be someone else. Uh, so you, you get used to sort of, okay, pick up stock character here, right? Okay, and then drop, pick up another one, drop. Uh, and that's the, that's the other school of thought. And I suppose it's, it's a matter of how you're using characters as to how much time you invest into their backstory. That is incredibly appropriate. And if we ever do a Patreon, guys, we now know that we'll be doing the Shadows at the Door, Whose Line Is It Anyway special. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David, you are a supervillain buying a coffee. Go! <laughs> One latte, if you please. <laughs> or else I will combust you. Ooh. <laughs> and he's given us that detail. We don't know if he can spontaneously combust them or if he can do that. Mm. On that exactly. golden note on <laughs> acting, I think we are going to leave it there for today. And I need to remind you that these acting lessons are free, so you're welcome, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you very much uh, once again, uh, David, for your brilliant uh, performance and a, and a great discussion. Thank you to Christopher Long for providing a really, really fun story and a really thrilling story for Shadows at the Door of the podcast. And of course, Nico, for your amazing soundtrack, as always. Yes, and thank you, Mark, for editing this all together even though you're self-taught you have done a fantastic job i actually wasn't fishing but that was very nice thank you but (laughs) but thank you everyone we'll see you very soon you've been listening to a shadows at the door production story by christopher long performances by david alt music by nico vertese editing by mark nixon Copyright held by Shadows at the Door Publishing. If you enjoyed this production, please consider leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And we'll see you very soon. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.